Welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty, an industry podcast for loyalty marketing professionals. I'm your host, Paula Thomas, and if you work in loyalty marketing, join me every week to learn the latest ideas from loyalty specialists around the world. Cheetah Digital's relationship marketing platform bridges the gaps in your customer data, moving people from unknown consumers to loyal brand ambassadors. With customer acquisition, multi-channel messaging, and customized emotional loyalty programs, Cheetah Digital is a one-stop shop for enterprise brands looking to simplify and scale their relationship marketing strategy. Learn how brands such as American Airlines and Discovery Incorporated use Cheetah Digital to drive increased revenue with video case studies available on cheetahdigital.com. Hello and welcome to episode 183 of Let's Talk Loyalty, where we're chatting about the wonderful design and development of a customer program in Denmark by a retail conglomerate called the Selling Group. With retail businesses across grocery, coffee shops, restaurants and discount stores, the Selling Group employs over 60,000 people. And over 35% of the population of Denmark shops in one or more of their stores. Today's conversation is with Andras Such, the Head of Customer Programme and Centre of Excellence who joins me to share their strategic objectives and the most powerful tools that are delighting customers of the selling group. So, Andras, first and foremost, welcome to Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Great stuff. You're joining us from Denmark, I believe. Am I right? Yes, I'm in the beautiful city of Aarhus. That's where our headquarters is. It's the second biggest city of Denmark, and that's where selling group coming from. Wonderful. And we will definitely start with our usual opening question. But I think immediately after that, the most important thing is to explain how impressive and actually uh, it's just an incredible retail story, the selling group. So you might give us an introduction because we have a lot of people, for example, listening in the US and the UK and even in Australia, for example. So we're not as familiar maybe with your brand, but doing all of my research for today, Andrash, it's an incredible story. So before we get into Selling Group, tell me, what is your favorite loyalty program? Yes, I was thinking a lot about, and actually I was uh, picking one based on my personal uh, interest and personal uh, favorite, uh, and it's Nike. Mm -hmm. And uh, why I really love Nike is I think they are brilliantly composing and mixing the the business and the professionalism and the fun and the sport. So Mm -hmm. it's really, really close to the overall Nike brand experience, which why I like, why I like Nike. Mm. Obviously, I'm using uh, multiple applications of them. So I'm uh, using their their web store, their web application ordering like stuff. I'm mm. a runner, so I'm using the Nike Running Club. Mm-hmm. And I also started to use their Nike training app. And I really like the way how they combine the three, combine my accounts mm. and sharing with me not just news, but uh, encourage me to run more, sport more being my personal trainer mm-hmm. and obviously uh, since I'm using all the sport app I just realized that uh, nearly all my uh, sporting gear is uh, coming from Nike oh. so it's uh, it's a really <laughs> really cool way how they brought me into the to their universe via the yeah. sport yeah. I don't feel 
I don't feel that I'm just uh, I just bought by different promotion and different messages. Yeah. But I actually belong to a community, and this is I think an ultimate uh, success yeah. of a club yeah. loyalty program or customer program, wherever we, we we call it. Yeah. I have a personal favorite experience, which uh, happened with me a few days ago or a few weeks ago in Paris, mm-hmm. uh, which I was not even aware of. Uh, we were walking on Champs Elysees, and uh, when we got close to a Nike store, my mm-hmm. uh, Apple Watch started to beep that, uh, hey, uh, it seems that you are close to a Nike store and uh, wow. let, let us turn the Nike app into an in-store mode. And this in-store mode was completely hidden before for me. And uh, I just started to explore what the in-store mode can do in a Nike official factory store, okay. which, for example, helped me to bring a, another size to the to the fitting room. Also offered me that if I don't want to carry the bag on the on Champs-Élysées, they are happy to send it to home to me. So it wow. was really a really a, a wow factor. And working wow. in the loyalty industry, there, there are very few occasions when I have a aha yeah. moment yeah. Uh, in regards uh, or, or related with an app uh, yeah. and that was a point which I uh, rarely feel wow so that's why I selected them so congratulations oh to them oh, if anyone listening from uh, do you know what they have just gone to the top of my wish list as a guest on the show so <laughs> which is exactly the purpose of the question and anyone listening I guess if you're you know not even in retail but I guess especially if you work in retail loyalty to understand the community piece, which you mentioned, which I do think is absolutely critical, but also the integration of the content, moving away from anything that feels too transactional, adding value. And this whole idea, I think what I'm hearing from you, if I'm right, is they're showing loyalty to you as a customer, creating as much value as possible. And then, as you said, you somehow end up commercially buying all your stuff from them, which uh, was something you weren't even conscious of by the sounds of it. Absolutely, absolutely, and 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 all services which which comes with their with with the membership. So another example that they are of course uh, free of charge uh, to to send me a new running shoe. Yeah. But even if I use my running shoe, mm-hmm. I'm allowed to send it back if I don't like. Yeah. So this this kind of service just creates a level of trust and a level of uh, respect to their products. Totally. which is amazing. And of, of course, I don't know what can be the cost of uh, getting back a used running shoe because obviously they cannot do anything with it. Yeah. But still, it's building such a great uh, uh, product level loyalty to their shoes, uh, which is incredible. Yeah. And and really in an indirect way, they, they loop me in to their mm. products. Mm. Brilliant story. So thank you so much, Andras, for that. Um, so back to Selling Group. Um, you've told us you're in Denmark. I know that's where the headquarters is for the Selling Group, but you do operate in both Germany and um, just entering Poland. So we definitely have a story to, to hear from you about that and, and how that's evolving. But give us a sense of the Selling Group and the kind of businesses you're involved in, Andras. Yes. Um, so Selling Group is basically uh, the biggest and one of the oldest retailer chain in Denmark. It uh, it was a family-owned business. Now it's owned by a found, uh, which was uh, developed by our great owner, uh, Mr. Selling. And we are a very tradi- we were a very traditional retailer with numerous uh, brands and numerous formats uh, across Denmark. So the whole story started with a department store, mm-hmm. which uh, called Selling, mm-hmm. and then very very quickly it's evolved to a much bigger uh, retail business. Nowadays we have uh, numerous different formats. We have supermarkets, we have hypermarkets, we have discounters. We still mm-hmm. have the department store, mm-hmm. and we also are in the restaurant industry by owning the license of Cars Junior and Starbucks. So ah. we are also owning 
these licenses in Denmark. Okay. And um, I cannot anymore say recently because it's still a couple of years ago when we and um, when we came to the online landscape. So majority of our brands are became very omnichannel. Uh, Bilka is the biggest one on that one. So Bilka have web shops, um, mostly focusing on uh, non-food home delivery and mm-hmm. food click and, click and collect. Mm-hmm. And a little bit more than a year ago, we went to we went to uh, home delivery food on uh, on Fertex in Copenhagen. My goodness! Wow. So, yeah, an inc- incredible group and um, very broad selection, I suppose, of industries. Um, so operationally complex, I suppose, even from a retail perspective. And then you made a huge decision about building a comprehensive customer program, loyalty program. I'm, I'm sure the terminology varies. And I know you launched it in, in 2020. Um, I was looking at your interview with Signals 21. Um, we were just talking about what a superb job the guys did, Richard, specifically in Cheetah Digital to uh, to showcase the selling group. But my first question, I guess, Andras, for you um, is really where or when, I guess, even when did the idea come for a customer program? Because launching in 2020 in a in a pandemic um, could be interpreted as it was triggered by, I suppose, the change in consumer behavior, but also it could be something that was a long-term um, milestone or intention for the selling group. So, so I'd love to get a, an insight in terms of your strategic intent and where and when that came. Yeah. So the idea actually born much before COVID uh, came to the picture. So it was just a, just a coincidence that we were launching okay. in the middle of the of the pandemic. So the idea started to get clarified around 2000, beginning of 2019, and it was basically triggered by a major promotional transformation, which which I was leading in selling group. So that was the reason I came to Denmark. Uh, originally, I worked on commercial for two years and led a promotional transformation project. Mm-hmm. And during that project, it uh, it came up a lot that, okay, what is the next, uh, next uh, big step on the promotional journey? Denmark is still a very printed leaflet dependent country in terms of normal classic line and price promotion. Mm-hmm. And obviously, we, we always uh, try to find a way how to do less but more uh, more relevant, more personalized, stronger promotional set, mm-hmm. uh, stepping away from the printed leaflet, channeling all the promotional communication more to the digital landscape, mm-hmm. more to the customer's pocket. Mm-hmm. And as a result of that uh, kind of strategic thinking, it was pretty obvious that we need to do a customer program. And there is a very good reason why I don't call it loyalty program, because mm. from the very beginning, we decided that we are going to step away from this classic point collection mm. where we are creating a kind of special currency or token to the customers and and, yeah. and letting them to collect yeah. half to 2%. Yeah. Because we realized that that's very quickly became a hygiene factor and of course, it's a it's a pretty significant cost on our PNL. Yeah. However, we we don't believe that in long term it can drive really the customer value. So, on the whole journey, we decided obviously that we are willing to invest to customers back, yeah. but we will do it via offers, via via campaigns, via periods, via different tools, and mm. not just a, a simple and consistent point collection uh, collection mm. way. Wow. So the whole story was triggered as a part of a promo transformation. Mm. However, we, we felt that just creating functional loyalty is by far not enough. So from the very beginning of the project, we were searching for different functions and different uh, different uh, digital uh, uh, points, which mm-hmm. can make also the shopping trip more convenient, more easy, more lovable. 
So mm-hmm. transforming uh, transforming a lot of great ideas from classic yeah. brick and mortar to omnichannel. Okay. And that's how we compose the apps. And that's mm-hmm. how we ended up in having a program which is completely app-based, mm-hmm. turning our classic loyalty apps into a, into a membership, uh, membership uh, space mm-hmm. uh, and bringing in more and more function uh, from the core uh, uh, offline landscape to the to the online world mm. so that's how we ended up in the program and i'm sure we're going to touch a couple of the mm. functions later but that was yeah. the strategic uh, thinking behind it yeah and there, there, there's a lot of points i'd love to to pick up on the first one um you mentioned you know literally this decision and clarity of thinking about not wanting to have a points or currency based program which in many companies is um, is seen as, yes, perhaps not innovative, but it is something that's understood by customers. So, you know, there's both the positive and the negative of having a points-based loyalty program. Now, I'm very much in your line of thinking in that, you know, I've worked on partnership type loyalty. I've worked in lots of different models. So I've seen the opposite of points, but I can also see the opportunity with points. So how clear were you? Like, was this something that you just said, we just don't want to do it? Or how did that decision get made at the beginning? I'm fascinated. Yes, um, I think uh, classic food retail is is the answer here. So obviously there are numerous industries where I completely believe that a reasonable amount of points yeah. and a reasonable uh, share of, uh, of payback to the customers would make sense. Um, mm. Mm. Most probably all our listeners know that uh, food retail is not the industry where there is a heavy two-digit uh, profit at the end of the of the game. Mm. So it is a very very difficult uh, uh, very difficult uh, decision to give back yeah. from that profit a significant yeah. amount to customers' pocket. Yeah. But the non-significant payback yeah. is not really something which the customers are fascinated about. Yeah. So you know. It, spending an enormous amount of money and uh, in a quarter basically earning points which is eligible to buy a can of beer or a mm, coke mm. that's a kind of uh, a rough experience yeah um so that was that was the major thinking that for us as a business um uh, it's a significant investment mm-hmm. but we were not sure that for this significant investment actually customers are happy enough yeah so we were th- more thinking in a way that let's give back the the same amount of money by creating personalized offers, creating great experience, creating games, mm-hmm. creating uh, special functions. And that set of functions and and uh, and uh, financial benefits must be equivalent or even more, okay. uh, which we can give back. Okay. Um, and, and, and think like this as a trade plan. So mm-hmm. think think in the customer program benefits as 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 any other any other channel like a promotional leaflet or in-store activities, mm-hmm. so campaigns. Okay. That's uh, that was the core discussion mm. and decision we made. Wonderful. And you made that very early, I know. And I think that clarity of thinking probably helped a huge amount when it came to building the actual programs. And the next part I wanted to ask you about was exactly the plural, the word programs. So even though Saling Group obviously operates in all of these different retail verticals, you did decide to keep different programs um, aligned with the existing retail brands rather than trying to create, for example, a loyalty brand. 
which in this market where I live, Andrash, is exactly what uh, tends to be the decision. And I tend to think again, actually, that you're absolutely right. The, the retail brand is where there's already the trust, there's already the shopping behavior. So to me, I like this idea. But again, just wondering if you debated, you know, the idea of creating a loyalty brand for all selling group uh, stores, or it was always just obvious to keep it within the individual brands. Uh, it's uh, it's really special that you're asking this question. Of course, this was the biggest question during the yeah. process. Okay. So as you said, we were super clear on the points from the very beginning. Yeah. This debate was up on the up on the on the whiteboard maybe till the very last moment of the of the of the project. Wow. Because uh, there is obviously benefits and concerns to both direction. Yeah. But uh, you you get it very right. So our customer facing brands are Bilka, Fertex, and Netto and Selling. So mm -hmm. that's what people know. That's what they can relate to. That's how we are communicating all the shopping uh, uh, benefits which you can get. Every yeah. brand is famous about something in Denmark. Mm -hmm. And uh, Selling Group, previously known as Dan Supermarket, is basically a corporate brand. So it's very famous on LinkedIn. Mm. but much less famous across the customers. Okay. And uh, basically the, the thinking was that we would like something which is uh, mm. which is possible to collect and uh, and uh, collect the data and use the data on a group level. Mm -hmm. But the customer facing application is something uh, uh, we 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 make on behalf of the of the of the formats yeah. and the behalf of the brand. And yeah. that was actually enterprise orchestration or or Architecturally, that was one of the biggest uh, and most difficult thing to do. Mm. So that's where I can already say a very big credit to Cheetah because they really supported us and think with us on this journey. Yeah. It was by far not obvious for any of the of the vendors mm. to create an uh, an architecture where we can see the data, we can play with the data, we can share the data yeah. in uh, personalization, in targeting, or any other uh, points in the in the in the program across the brands. Yeah. But very clearly, we can define the offers and the and the services and the and the and the members. Yeah. Uh, and keep it clear for the brands. So that's how we ended, uh, and that was the reason basically because people were mostly engaged with the with the formats, mm. not with with selling group. Mm. And honestly speaking, looking to the data nowadays, I think it was a good decision because we can see, of course, a significant amount uh, of people who are member of all the three. But mm -hmm. this is far away not as big, which we would which would say that the selling group program would make sense. Mm. And uh, yes, some people should have three apps on their phone. Yeah, yeah. But um, still, in Denmark, a lot of people is anyway using multiple multiple brands. And honestly speaking, not even in Denmark, everybody aware that which brands we are owning. <laughs> so That's exactly the some, problem. Yeah, yeah. Some customers don't even know that Bilka and Netto belongs to the same uh, group and of they course. shouldn't, honestly. It doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, I'm sure one of the perhaps biggest questions around making that decision is, is really on the legal and data uh, permissions aspect, because Europe, as I think everybody listening is very aware, is, is absolutely um, focused on protecting consumers' privacy. Um, so I'm guessing you had to work through very clearly 
what it sounds like, and please correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like you're collecting data and, you know, advising your members that this data is being collected by the selling group. So you have access to it, um, as you said, at an enterprise level um, and you use it for their benefit. So that's wonderful. Um, but yeah, I'm pretty sure that was a complex piece as well, just to make sure that the legal people in the business were comfortable that this was something that consumers understood. Absolutely. And uh, and um, not just the legal part, of course, the legal part, part is a must, yeah. but also, as you said, the ethical part and the understandability part was absolutely yeah. key what we, what we were doing. Yeah. And not just, of course, legally, but also in between the different uh, formats to align and mm -hmm. to make sure that we are communicating very clearly from the very beginning that here you are signing up to a selling group account independently okay. if you are coming through Fertex yeah. or coming through Bilka or coming through Netto. Mm -hmm. But of course, obviously, it's a huge benefit because, for example, once you are registered to Fertex program mm. and you're deciding to come to Netto or even you decide to come to one of our websites mm -hmm. with the same credentials, you can log in. Ah. Obviously, you need to give a marketing consent to the brand to be okay. able to send emails or any kind of uh, marketing communication on behalf of the brand. Okay. But this is a very simple customer journey from 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 once you registered because yeah. you can just come in with the same credentials. So there is a lot of benefits for the customers yeah. and, and a lot of simplicity for the customers yeah. uh, once they, they came into the selling group world. And that's what we are very vocal about at the registration process mm. that here you are creating a selling group account which yeah. you can use all across selling group. Yeah. Wonderful. And simplicity is one of my favorite words, Andras. So <laughs> thank you for uh, for that. I've mentioned actually a few times this week, I don't know why it comes up, but my favorite book title in any business book I've ever seen was one that was called Don't Make Me Think. And it's exactly for exactly that reason. And I think actually to credit Scandinavia, I think exactly where you live, um, there is a very clear uh, way of operating, which is very straightforward. So I think certainly in other parts of the world we're not really thinking as clearly perhaps as, uh, as seems to happen culturally there so it's a it's a wonderful experience and I like the fact that you're focusing on it from an ethical perspective as well as a legal perspective because you can always do it legally and then you know confuse people a, at a different time or or disappoint them perhaps if they weren't aware so you're right actually it's the ethical consideration has to come first and then the legal people come in behind. Yes, and that, yeah. was, that was always our mantra, and, and I fully agree with you with the simplicity. We, we debated a lot about, you know, yeah. login screens, number of questions we, we would like to ask at the beginning to, to get you in, and yeah. what kind of uh, verification, what level of uh, well, different uh, questions back, and, uh, and, and, and resigning resign is needed. Yeah. But we decided to make it in the simplest possible way at the beginning, Yeah, let people in, and mm -hmm. of course, then we can do unlimited progressive profiling if we really need some data i so love that, that was word. the that was the mantra yeah so so basically we we i'm always saying that we, we use a kind of a grandma test so if my ah. grandmother was able to sign in <laughs> then it's simple enough yeah Brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. In one tech company I worked in, we had somebody called Johnny who was an investor and we used to call it the Johnny test. So exactly that. He was like, he hated complexities. So we'd ask him to go through all our journeys for us. And um, it's important to have that, you know, or a grandma, somebody you can actually, yeah, delight with the simple customer journey. So a lovely, lovely approach there. And yeah, just to emphasize the word that you used, I think progressive profiling 
probably wasn't a concept when I was building loyalty programs that had any awareness. I think we all knew there was a direct trade-off between, you know, how much information you collected at the beginning versus how many people would, you know, have the patience to complete it. Um, and I've always been of the view that, yes, less is more. Let's get the permission. Let's get started. And over time, then, when you have the trust, you can absolutely build it up. So definitely a good lesson that um, you've implemented there as well in terms of your strategy. Um, and I'm guessing that's working, you know, in terms of what you're saying. So would you give us a sense of, you know, what kind of numbers you have so far and, um, you know, things you're proud of in terms of how many members have signed up to uh, your very programs of course uh, so we just hit the 1.2 million members with the registered credit card which is wow. uh, in Brilliant. context that is a five and a half million country it's i think a very yeah. very nice number to celebrate yeah and uh, also for a reason i mentioned this registered credit card because we have a single touch identification program okay which is honestly i believe still pretty unique uh, obviously denmark is a country where where a payment card share on transactions is extremely high so we are in a privilege okay. to 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 build a program like this uh, which mm -hmm. means that basically once you are registering your payment card behind our app every mm -hmm. single time you are you are paying with this payment card you are automatically identified so there is yeah. no need for another scanning or another token or another code yeah. or phone number or whatever yeah which is obviously super beneficial for the customers because it's simple you don't mm -hmm. need to carry another card and mm -hmm. you don't need to fight for another card in your wallet yeah and also super beneficial for us because we have every single transaction captured mm -hmm. so i know from my colleagues and from my great friends from the industry that they are really struggling that once it's a small transaction or i just popped up to buy whatever in our kiosk etc usually people don't take the time to take out the card and scan the barcode. Yeah. But here we have every single transaction captured, mm -hmm. which obviously we can use for the greatest personalization. Mm. Obviously we can use for delivering and, and developing the, the, the program to the right way because yeah. we do yeah. fully understand our customers. Yeah. So that's why this 1.2 million yeah. number is, is even better. Obviously we have of a little course. bit more uh, yeah. members who, who decided to not to share the credit card because of course they still can do mm -hmm. uh, having access to a limited portfolio of the benefits mm -hmm. but still it's uh, we are absolutely happy with the share yeah. who is uh, giving us the or the full full uh, membership including the card and yeah. we can see that customers love this so obviously there is, there is always a layer who have aversion yeah. with, with yeah. things like that but yeah. that's unfortunately life but majority yeah. of the customers do love the fact that it's simple again yeah, it's just yeah, a yeah. one-time hustle and then just enjoying the benefits yeah and back to this progressive profiling of course uh, i think it's very important that we just let them in mm -hmm. then we started to bomb them and bombard them with all the benefits <laughs> and after yeah. they enjoyed a lot of benefits obviously they were very happy to share yeah. something more with us because yeah. they saw that it's a kind of a nice give and take yeah. And not that, okay, they want to know everything from the very first moment and who yeah. else will I will get back. Yeah, yeah, you're totally right. Yeah, no, it works beautifully. And again, I suppose it's the same point we, we talked a bit about earlier. It's demonstrating loyalty to your customers and how wonderful it is to be part of the Selling Group family. And yeah, over time, then they're more comfortable and they can share. And then you get the word of mouth benefit as well, I think, Andrash, because at the end of the day, you know, none of us can afford to go on continual membership drives and, you know, advertising our programs. What we really want 
want and hope and need is for our members to tell their family and tell their friends. So I'm guessing you're getting a huge amount, particularly with your payment linked loyalty piece. And I had one question on that, actually, just operationally, um, because I've heard it executed in, in certainly one way. And I'm not sure if it's available to everyone or if you have this level of, of simplicity, let's say. Um, is it possible, for example, I come into a store, a selling store, and I, I don't even open the app. So if I've got my card in the, the app already, as you've said, card on file, um, I can keep the phone, you know, at home or anywhere else. And just by having the, the, the payment card swiped as a form of payment, you don't need the app to open. Am I right? I could see you're nodding. Yes, yes, you are right. Yeah. <clears throat> Obviously, there are some benefits which you need to activate in the app. Okay. So we are we are playing with this to make okay. sure, of course, that, that 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 the customers are engaged in two ways. So or or key metrics and when how we are evaluating our customers are measured in two axes. One is that how engaged they are with the store. And of okay. course, for that one, it's absolutely enough that they are coming to the store and pay with the payment card which they registered. Yeah. But the other one that how engaged they are with the app. And that's why we we, ah. we keep some some benefits, some offers okay. uh, activatable in the app. So okay. yes, you don't need to open the app in the store to not mm -hmm. to disturb your shopping trip. Mm -hmm. But for example, maybe before the shopping trip, when you are planning your shopping journey on your shopping list, for example, which we have in the app, mm. you need to activate your offer, which you would like to be able to use on the next trip. Okay. And that's the, keeping a nice balance between offers yeah. for everybody, which don't need to be activated. We call them membership offers. Okay. And keep a couple of offers in a, in a carousel, which we call personalized benefits which nice. are carefully selected to your segment. And this segment obviously can be one individual or all people who owns a pet in Denmark. So yeah. we are trying to balance between these two. Mm. Obviously, you know, the journey is a, is a, is a continuously improving journey. We're mm. trying to move more and more into the personalized direction because the membership offers were more for recruitment purpose. But mm -hmm. we are still keep them live, of course, mm. and, uh, and 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 make them uh, available for everybody. Mm. But our goal is that, of course, you are both engaged with the app and with oh. the store. That's the ultimate uh, golden customers in our mind. Golden customers. I love it. Yeah. And you're right. I probably haven't heard that distinction made before, Andres, in terms of, yes, the, the swipe rates are, you know, I think particularly in the grocery sector, um, probably the default, or at least my assumption of the default in terms of KPIs. But I've also heard great things about the importance of the app open rates. And, you know, I've heard it compared, for example, to, you know, the cost of, um, you know, just engaging, um, let's say, in a different platform, be it digital or TV or other marketing channels. When you look at how expensive it is for your brand to be exposed to a consumer, it's actually incredibly cost effective to have that direct digital channel, you know, when they do have your app. And as you said, they open and engage. So whether it's for a coupon or it's for a game, like you're actually getting very cost of effective marketing as a result. Absolutely. And this was, of course, uh, one of the other main KPI or main goal when we initiated the project to 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 build this. Okay. So yes, we absolutely started to see that moving just simply from a printed leaflet to digital mm. and moving it to Facebook or Google, mm. honestly speaking, is 
-hmm. can be as much expensive and it will be maybe even more expensive. So that's, of course, a cool journey, but it's not cost efficient efficient at all. The cost efficient way is if you have your customers and if you Mm -hmm. have your customers with their app in their Mm -hmm. own pocket. And obviously what is happening nowadays with cookies and uh, and data privacy and and all of the stuff, uh, you never know when it's going to come that you are not able to communicate with your customers in a, sure. in a shared uh, social wall or a, or, a, yeah. or yeah. any other channel. If you have your own customer who decide that they, they want to get your uh, your message into their own mm-hmm. app, mm-hmm. that's the most safe, again, ethical and, and yeah. best engaging uh, way of uh, communicating with them. So yes, of course, that's why it's super critical for us to keep the app engagement also high mm. and always impress the customers with, with new information, with new games, with, with new yeah. uh, new services uh, in the app. So the recent one, for example, we did in Netto is Scan and Go. Okay. And obviously the Scan and Go function is embedded into the loyalty app. Mm-hmm. So we had originally a price scanner where you can just uh, check mm. the price of the product okay. and we turn it into an option that you can just uh, scan your items with your phone and there mm. is a pay button at the end and you can just walk out so ah. you don't need to queue. Oh my goodness. Which is, uh, of course, they love it. Of course. Obviously, you know, who wants to queue? Yeah. And I'm not saying that you need to queue because obviously you don't need to queue. But yes. there are some very special occasions, of course, when, of course, when yeah. of course, uh, yeah. uh, operation is not able uh, to keep up with the with the great uh, uh, footfall. Mm. Uh, it's, a, it's a brilliant service. So so obviously everybody who uses Can and Go opens the app. And mm-hmm. uh, on the front yeah. page, they see their offers, they see the leaflet, they see the newest product and everything mm. else, which we would like them to see. Okay. And that sounds like something there might have been um, some concern about as well, I guess, from a, 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 dare I say it, a a theft perspective, because, you know, picking up a product and opening up the phone, you know, I'm guessing nobody's checking that that's actually been scanned, you know, and that the payment has been completed. Was that a concern for you at all? Honestly speaking, yes, of course, there are some divisions in the group who are more concerned than others. But Mm. to be fair with you, um, first of all, you have your own payment card and email and everything else registered behind this. Mm. We're also doing, it's called in Denmark, a NEMID identification, which is the official governmental identification. So this is the same identification you need to use when you want to use a governmental website or your bank account, etc. So you need to validate yourself that you are the one. Okay. So basically this makes you fully uh, um, registered mm. with your with your own all yeah. validated credentials. To be honest with you, if somebody wants to steal a Red Bull, it's yeah. much more simple <laughs> to just go in and put it to your pocket than than steal it via the app where you are fully okay. known. Okay. So honestly speaking, as on every single service uh, like this, we have some cases which we are tracking and and yeah. and and, uh, and, and protect yeah. uh, protecting yeah. and aware of, mm. but it's by far less than you would think. Okay. So. Absolutely, it's a it's a benefit for the great customers, and there are always someone who wants to find the, totally. the small gate, which which we catch. Yeah. And honestly, we do random checks, so you never know when you're gonna be stopped. Mm. So you still needs to go through on a gate and scan a barcode, and uh, randomly based on different AI model, models and algorithms, we are we mm. are checking customers uh, randomly. So oh, brilliant. There is no not at all on high level. There is not at all a problem with this. It's much okay. more a benefit than anything uh, related to to problems. 
Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. I can hear that the goodwill that comes through for the, you know, 99.9% of honest customers, you know, absolutely is an extraordinary, you know, opportunity to build that kind of trust and relationship and even community to use the word you, you mentioned earlier. Absolutely. And um, just to build on that, we have another feature which we call digital refund. So we obviously have digital receipts, but mm-hmm. if you are unhappy with the product uh, when you get home, because mm-hmm. for example, you cut the avocado into half and unfortunately oh. it's sometimes not perfect, <laughs> yeah. you have a chance to identify the product on your digital receipt, take a picture, send some comments to us why you would like to refund it and then send it in and we give you back the money in your digital account. So that's wow. a kind of digital extension of a freshness guarantee. And and maybe you would obviously ask that, yeah. there is, is there too many fraud? And I can say not. And actually customers were, when we developed the feature and we were of course had some interviews and then focus groups, they were actually really wanted to to make sure that they can upload a picture and then they can talk wow. to prove that wow. they don't want to cheat. Actually, yeah. they just want to make sure that we know that there is something uh, wrong with the. So and yeah. yeah, and we are running this service for one and a half years now. And again, I'm not saying that there were no corner cases, but not yes. at all in an extent which would which which I would call a problem. But obviously, customers love this uh, feature and and the and the level of trust because of this. increased up to the sky in most of our brands. Yeah. And you're absolutely right. Avocados, particularly, I never know if I'm buying a good one. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Of course, that's the, that's the top product. We were expecting that, but that, but that, that, that's the top one. And, uh, and again, we do random checks. We do fraud protection. We have a lot of rules uh, built in. Yeah. Even customer service can look through the pictures and it's not just a great service to the customers, but it's also a great great yeah. uh, insight for our uh, for our different departments so yeah. uh, buying department can identify if there is a particular lot of uh, delivery where the quality was not fully in line with our expectations so they can talk to the suppliers great uh, we yeah. can identify uh, uh, any logistic or store standard issues if there you know if mm. there is something which is extraordinary in a region or in a store or in a mm. any any part of the of the of the of the mm. process so mm-hmm. it's also a brilliant uh, brilliant insight fully supported with the right level of data which we all love yeah i can hear that coming through andras uh, you know absolutely obsessing about the data and at scale which is a, a incredible and across so many different retail verticals so um you must get amazing insights as well the other piece I wanted to just pick up on um, when you mentioned the digital receipts, um, again, I've heard some, you know, real customer delight coming through and actually from the environmental perspective, which is often, I think, an unexpected benefit of digital receipts because, you know, we all go into the grocery store or the kiosk or, you know, and we just normally just get this extra piece of paper and it goes to waste. I mean, who needs, you know, the receipt for the, the Red Bull or the avocado, as you said, but um, is that something that's come through in your um, either feedback from customers? Um, is it something that um, customers have picked up on in, in selling group? I would lie if I would say that that was the biggest thing, but of course, for a particular customer segment and 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 for a for a great uh, CSR purpose, yes, mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's still the customer's choice to yeah. to, okay. to if if they want the receipt or not. So we asking them at the end of the journey if you want your 
printed okay. receipt or not. Okay. Uh, but obviously, we can see that more and more people say no, yeah. and as they can use the as they can use the digital copy of the receipt for even warranty purposes on 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 electronic items, etc. Yeah. Of course, that's a that's a clear uh, clear benefit. Totally. Um, yeah. So you're never going to lose yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is classically a service which is just one of a one of the one of the thousand benefits which we are giving. And that's what I really like in our program that I cannot say that one standalone part or function of the app is the key driver. Okay. There is a lot of small bits and pieces for a lot of different customer types mm -hmm. and everybody can find one, two, five or seven, which mm -hmm. they like. Yeah. And that's that's how we compose the program that it's a it's a mixture of a lot of different little convenient feature which makes at the end of the day your shopping trips trips okay. uh, better and easier okay. and that's the that's our mantra which we're trying to use so we are not really focusing on one thing okay. but trying to give a lot of uh, different things lovely without yeah. without making the app too complex because that's of course <laughs> a balance you need to you need to totally. always keep yeah and and I'd love to just hear your insights on the experience and I suppose the customer reaction to the gamification elements um and I guess you know keen to understand if that's in all three of your apps you know have you brought in gamification in every sector you know so I'm sure it's very different again the customer profiles um, whether they are in the in the supermarket or in the department store so tell us about your experience of, of gamification as a strategy Yes, um, uh, honestly speaking, that was the biggest surprise. So we smelled that it's still people still love to play, but okay. the level of level of engagement coming from the games is is, is extreme. So wow. it's it's wonderful to see that that a, a super high share of our customers, and I can tell that more than ten percent of the active customers are yeah. playing at least a game during the during the gaming periods wow. which is, where we are talking about you know hundred thousands of people wow. doing yeah. a scratch card or spin a wheel Brilliant. for a, for a, honestly speaking for a for a funny small price so yes. it's a chocolate bar it's a it's a gummy yeah. bear it's a of wow. course it's nice products i'm not saying not but yeah it's just super nice to see that level of level of engagement with the game <laughs> so it's a kind of evergreen i can tell you so i don't know when the first paper scratch card was developed but it's ever since popular wow there is a kind of ml element and i can tell you that from uh, kids to grandma everybody wants to scratch and everybody likes to scratch and they're coming back and do it in the app yeah. so this is absolutely something we are we are uh, planning to build on Okay. We are developing different level of games, even a little bit more complex games than just uh, which is pure luck. Yeah. But still, uh, we are trying uh, and and doing uh, more and more. And yes, in all store formats. So from this counter to supermarket to department store, wow, they all like to play. And this is again, this is yeah. I think a very special customer group, a sizable customer group. Yeah. But for them, is important. Okay. Okay. Fascinating. And, and I suppose to make sure, you know, my experience as well is absolutely like yours. The consumer engagement is incredible, but also I suppose the fact that it is a very cost-effective loyalty strategy or engagement strategy, because as you said, the prizes don't have to be expensive. Um, and the perception, it, it isn't even about the value of the reward, but instead of again, investing in points, which people, you know, don't always see the value of your, your, again having your integrity intact investing in rewarding your your members as much as possible and um, but not in a way that's super expensive 
Absolutely. And there is a trick behind this. So the simplicity again. So previously when we run games, mm-hmm. of course, the operational process behind that how customer could get the price was yeah. a technical nightmare in the stores because <laughs> we need to allocate the the, the prices. Uh, yeah. We need to make sure that there is a barcode which the cashier needs to scan, etc., etc., etc. So that's also another point where credit yeah. to Cheetah, how they link together experience with the loyalty. Uh, because once you play the game and you mm. want the product, mm. it's actually flying into the loyalty app as a as a free product coupon. Wow. So the customer can just pick it from the shelf and walk out without paying for it. So the store staff don't even need to know that we are running a game. And that was a key 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 parameter to convince the store guys to let let us yeah. run games yeah. because prior to that when we had this opportunity they were always okay guys great yeah. that it's, it's cheap for you but it's super expensive for us and we need to explain to 15,000 colleagues that there is a game in place etc yeah so since we we simplified it yeah the whole organization love it and that's a critical thing because to run a yeah. successful game um, buying department operation digital everybody needs to be engaged yeah so yeah. this is another thing which you need to focus on as a as a as a loyalty program owner mm-hmm. that the whole value chain is simple until yeah. the point customers receiving the gift because yeah. of course can you imagine that how disappointing it is that you mm. want something it shows in the app that i want yeah. you go to the store and poor store employee because he's just a student came yeah. to the store the first day don't have a clue what you are talking about that's horrible let's make the mps completely to the opposite direction which you want to achieve yeah and and you measure nps then obviously as as you mentioned it Yes, of course, uh, we right. are. That's yeah. another other thing in the app that we are talking to customers and we are asking feedbacks and, and that's okay. also something which they love. Okay. So we are triggering different personalized surveys based on your shopping behavior and trying to find out the device. Yeah. Okay. And that's working uh, working extremely well. And, uh, and this is, again, also something we are doing via the experience platform and initiating surveys. Okay. And... Uh, you know, for we are even trying to define together with customers or, or future collections on on textile and things like that. So, wow. this kind of two way communication is is brilliant, and they they love to hear from us, and 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 customers love when we asking them about yeah how was the shopping trip or what they would like to see in the stores or what they think mm. about the product, especially when then we give the feedback that hey, based on your feedback, we developed that or yeah. or made this change. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's amazing, isn't it? You know, the, the simplicity of listening to your customers. Um, and I use the word simplicity, actually, you know, complexity in terms of getting getting to this stage. But the uh, again, the sheer value in people when they feel like they've been heard. Yes, absolutely. And this is exactly why I say it's a customer program and not loyalty program. Uh, yeah. Because uh, there are numerous things which nothing to do with the classic understanding of loyalty program. It's a uh, yeah. We put trying to put the customers into focus and trying to to make a two-way communication on a digital channel. So, mm. and of course, loyalty coupons is a part of the game. It's a significant part, but it's by far not the only one. Okay. So, with all of that said, with the personalization, with the games, with the digital receipts, and as you said, like you know, a very long list of of wonderful benefits for consumers. What is next on the radar? I guess for Selling Group from a loyalty perspective. Honestly, we just decided that we're gonna we're gonna run on the journey which we built. So obviously, this is not gonna be so. So we are not aiming for developing seventy-five more features. It's mostly okay. to 
to to make them even more perfect continue on the omnichannel journey to make sure that on all possible channel customer can enjoy their benefit making it even more simple even maybe review the things which are not necessarily working perfect so so just to polish it just to make it shine yeah. and uh, and so that's 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 one of the most important thing obviously mm. to continue on the promo transformation as it was the purpose from the from the very beginning mm-hmm. and of course uh, exploring uh, further or formats and uh, or uh, or group where to extend the program that's of course also an exciting question because uh, we are in we are in four places but as i said at the very beginning we have multiple mm. different brands and countries which are opportunity for us for sure, yes. And the most exciting, I guess, for listeners today, particularly, is the fact that Selling Group has, in fact, bought the Tesco business in Poland, hasn't it? Yes, yes. We are in the middle of the core brick and mortar transformation, turning uh, all Tesco stores uh, into Netto. Okay. And that's a very, very uh, nice, but of course, a super demanding journey for a lot of people involved. So of course. we are definitely going to be busy. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, uh, we are just basically doubled up the, the Netto portfolio in Poland. So that's wow. a super important and exciting market for us for the upcoming years. Wonderful. My goodness. Well, that's certainly all of the questions that I had for you, Andras. Is there anything else that you wanted to mention for our listeners before we wrap up? Honestly speaking, I think we did a it did an extensive review of the program. So no, there is nothing special. Uh, thanks for the time for the listeners and uh, I hope they enjoyed. For sure. And if people do want to connect with you as well, Andras, on perhaps LinkedIn, are you comfortable with us sharing, for example, your, your profile in the show notes? Absolutely. Please Wonderful. Yeah, it's always super nice. I think there's always those really nice conversations that can come out of things like this. So people will definitely appreciate the extraordinary program that you've built and the expertise that you have. So listen, I just want to say it's been a very exciting conversation. Um, I'm a huge fan of loyalty in retail particularly. And as I said, I wasn't aware of the selling group, but you've done extraordinary work. And as you said, credit to, to Cheetah Digital for guiding you, partnering with you, I think is the word that you've used and really supporting um, some, you know, potentially complex um, customer focused requirements, but uh, certainly sounds like an extraordinary program. So with all that said, I will say Andras Sich from Head of Customer Program and Customer Excellence at Selling Group. Thank you so much from Let's Talk Loyalty. Thank you very much and have a great day. This show is sponsored by The Wise Marketeer, the world's most popular source of loyalty marketing news, insights, and research. The Wise Marketeer also offers loyalty marketing training through its Loyalty Academy, which has already certified over 170 executives in 20 countries as certified loyalty marketing professionals. For more information, check out thewisemarketeer.com and loyaltyacademy.org. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Let's Talk Loyalty. If you'd like me to send you the latest show each week, simply sign up for the show newsletter on letstalkloyalty.com and I'll send you the latest episode to your inbox every Thursday. Or just head to your favorite podcast platform, find Let's Talk Loyalty and subscribe. Of course, I'd love your feedback and reviews and thanks again for supporting the show.